Welcome to Punchmark's Jewelers Survival Kit podcast, which covers the coronavirus pandemic and how it's affecting the jewelry industry. Each episode will focus on a specific topic with guests such as retail jewelers, jewelry manufacturers, and marketing professionals in the hopes that their shared experiences may help others in the jewelry industry. This week's episode will focus on what retailers are doing to increase their digital presence. We'll be hearing from two guests, Deeb Basmaji from Graziella Fine Jewelry and Kim Eldon from Peter & Company Jewelers. My name is Tommy Rhodes, lead developer at Punchmark, and today's episode will be hosted by Katie Kinlaw, digital marketing manager, and Michael Burpo, lead UI and UX designer. As of today, April 2nd, there are just over 1 million cases of the novel coronavirus worldwide, with almost 238,000 in the United States and 11,000 in Canada. Many countries across the world, including the United States and Canada, have issued countrywide lockdowns. This means that only essential businesses, such as grocery stores, are allowed to keep their storefronts open, and has driven business, social contact, and even schools online. In this climate, having a strong online presence is one of the best ways for any business to stay afloat in a time that's proving to be tough for everyone. Our first guest, here to talk about his business's online marketing strategy, is Deeb Basmaji from Graziella Fine Jewelry in Whitby, Ontario. My name is Deeb Basmaji. We own uh, Graziella Fine Jewelry. We are in the uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada area. We're just east of Toronto. We have two stores. They are um, in Whitby and Oshawa, Ontario. They're uh, full-service jewelry stores, watches, repairs, um, you name it, family jewelry. We've been around for 25 years. Dad came from Lebanon. He was a bench jeweler. Me and my brother took over. He's still around helping us. The whole family is involved, me, my brother, my sister, my sister-in-law. The kids are going to be involved. My mother's involved. Everybody's involved. That's our story. We do a lot of uh, custom work. We are very aggressive with digital marketing we recently actually just dropped all sorts of traditional media we actually dropped almost 80 percent 90 percent of traditional media including newspaper radio print you name it we kind of dropped all of it the only thing we kept that's traditional is direct mail so billboards are gone and uh, newspaper ads are gone and we're just concentrating on our website on digital email pay-per-click all the stuff that's kind of concentrated on on digital uh, and we started that in 2018 we we're a little i think we we're a little behind but uh, a lot of people think we were a little aggressive on that but uh it's worked out well for us ever since i don't i don't have any regrets at all our business has not gone down i think that we're paving a way for the future and uh i think we're, we're, we're gonna see some growth definitely Perfect. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about your um, experience with e-commerce from where you started you know, years ago to kind of where you're at now? What was some of the main things that you did that you feel like made the biggest impact in terms of uh, generating that online revenue? Sure. The first thing I, I started doing was my list. And back then it was my email list. We started collecting our email list back in 2012, 2013, and uh, we've always communicated with our clients through email for almost everything. Even if they knew about it in store, even if we've sent them a letter about it, we've always communicated through email. So our email list was the number one 
way to let our clients know what's happening. And believe it or not, at this point, we have 22,000 people on our email list, which is, which is amazing. And that is kind of our bread and butter. And with that email list, I'm able to do a lot through Facebook ads and targeting. And that opened up a whole new world for me after I, I kind of learned what to do with Facebook targeting and Facebook ads. And now another level once I created the Punchmark website and we were able to create a Facebook catalog and we're learning how to serve people uh, ads with uh, retargeting of the, our online catalog directly. What brought us to this point, just to, to answer your question, is um, consistently sending clients communication of our culture in our store. Everything that's happening in our store, always communicating with them. And every once in a while, sending them emails about promotions and sales and, and whatnot. And then once we started having all our merchandise on our website, because you have to have good pictures, you have to have a good website, and you have to have easy navigation and you have to be able to shop easily and check out easily they started buying and um uh and now we post on, on instagram three posts a day we use hootsuite to post three posts a day and um they're not always uh posts that that you can shop but every, every third or fourth post there's there's things that you can buy and it generates traffic to our website and um people people save them they don't buy right away there's always steps to this but enough people save them that when the occasions come like the mother's days and the valentine's days and the anniversaries and the christmases they end up clicking and buying and you see those trends so with us it's been it's a it's been a journey it's been a process but it's been collecting data and uh creating the right content which is the you know, the pictures on our website creating the right website and always communicating with our client with these with these digital means Perfect. Um, and then, so you mentioned, you know, obviously you're pushing really hard in digital. You've really kind of scaled back in terms of your traditional marketing. Um, can you give me very high level, you know, a breakdown of what that mix looks like for you right now? You've already mentioned a few different channels, um, you know, email versus pay-per-click versus, you know, Facebook retargeting. If you had like a hundred percent of your, you know, digital marketing, can you give me a very high level percentage of where you're really kind of allocating the majority of your time and your budget there as well? For digital? For digital. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, email would be almost 50%. I would say for, for our energy and our time. So uh, most of our campaigns revolve around our email campaign. So if we, let's say we have a campaign for wedding man trunk show, we start with our email campaign and we, it revolves around that all the, all the artwork, all the campaigns, everything is going to start there. And once we have that done, then everything goes around that. So we will start with that. We'll create it. And then the, uh, the rest of it, kind of falls into place afterwards. But if I was to put a, a dollar value on what, where I spend most of my money, it would be Facebook. Because um, the reach for me is, is far beyond anything else that I can do. Um, Pay-per-click works great for uh, local targeting. So I would, I would say maybe 15% pay-per-click no, 20% pay-per-click because we, we did up it this, this year and then and then 30% Facebook and 50% email right now for us, if, if that's how I would break it down in, in the digital world. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to kind of transition a little bit of the conversation. You know, you were talking about how um, obviously digital is a really large focus for you. Tell me a little bit about how with the virus and a lot of, you know, businesses are closing. um, Can you tell me a little bit about how the current situation has impacted um, your business specifically and what changes are you making to kind of counteract that in terms of um, your business approach and your strategy in general in terms of marketing? For sure. We closed a little early, uh, willingly. We, we knew that the, uh, the situation was going to get bad. So before the province told us to mandatory shutdown, uh, I think seven or eight days before we closed the stores because we didn't want we didn't want to be responsible for anybody to to be ill from from our staff. So it's it's been three weeks now. We've been closed, and it's been pretty bad. Um, and as soon as we closed, we we went online and we started just uh, creating emails to let our clients know that we're still here, but we can't service them in stores. And the strategy was to lead them to the shopping experience that they know we provide, but on the website. And the challenge was that we are known for service and the service is one-on-one person to person and that you can't give digitally as well as you can give in a store. So a lot of our managers were still around and they, they were willing to, to participate in helping with answering emails and whatnot and answering clients. So what I wanted to do was answer clients right away. Like this might be difficult for a lot of people to do, but I wanted within one or two minutes to get an answer right away so that they know that we're here. So I, I assigned uh, everybody one medium. So I took the email, my brother took uh, Google My Business, one of the managers took uh, the website emails. And as soon as it came through, I wanted them to answer within, you know, two minutes. And if they were, if they pushed it, it was five minutes, but that, that for me was a little too long. So the clients knew that we were here and that we were ready to do whatever they wanted us to do. Uh, we made some exceptions to to ship something to a client. Let's say they were repaired, they wanted the repair, we would ship the repair or we'd do something for them, go out of our way to get it done for them because that's what they wanted. It was that service. And if they wanted to shop online and they wanted us to ship the next day, we were there to do that for them. So I think that kind of service was has been very well received. Facebook messages, we, we answered like within you know, less than 15 seconds because we were watching our phones and we had nothing better to do for lack of a better term. We were sitting at home waiting for, for business to come through. And once we made sales online, we messaged them right away, say, Hey, thanks for the sale. We really appreciate it during these hard times. Uh, we'll ship your product right away. Just kept good communication with clients and they really appreciated. And we found that it made a difference. And once we sent out a, a sales email, which we're sending every second day, we were creating sort of like uh, sales promos that that made sense for clients. Nobody's going to spend $1,500, $2,000 in time like this, but sure. $100, $200, $150, they were. So we cultivated all these, these products that are on our website. I went and found them and sent them out. And believe it or not, a lot of them got sold from the, from the emails. Some people just bought some items and, you know, there's little notes on the, on the website that you can write as a gift and they're writing just because or, or thinking of you during these hard times and they're gifting them to each other. So I think the fact that we were there to service them, the fact that we were able to give them price point items that, that made sense during these kind of times and the fact that we had the product available for them, it kind of worked out for us during these times. All right, Deep. Well, I think that's all that I have for you. Um, thanks for taking the time uh, to chat. And um, My pleasure. Stay safe. Thank you, Katie. Talk Perfect. Soon. Thanks.
Many thanks to Deeb for his valuable insight into an effective online marketing strategy. Graziella Fine Jewelry shows that even during a pandemic, there are ways to deliver on the excellent standards of service that I'm sure all stores strive for. Making sure to put your name out there, even when customers can't physically be present, will only make your business that much stronger, both during the pandemic and after. Up next, to share how she has leveraged social platforms in order to adapt to the pandemic is Kim Elton from Peter & Company Jewelers in Avon Lake, Ohio. Well, I guess we'll okay. start with um, your name and uh, which store you work for. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, Kim Elton, and I'm from Peter & Company Jewelers. Yeah, and you guys have been one of our, our best premium websites. Um, you guys were one of the first ones to launch. Uh, and Thank you. I guess you guys have been really active on the digital marketing side and the online presence. Um, how has this virus impacted your business and the subsequent changes after that? Yeah, so, um, well, we're in Ohio, so we were one of the first states to actually um, be mandated to shut down, not electively, as some other jewelers uh, had, but we were mandated uh, last Monday, so the 23rd. So we went from really kind of trending towards a successful March to basically nothing at all. Um, You know, the doors are closed and, you know, we just are now trying to, you know, recoup whatever we can, you know, during this time. But so, yeah, it's it's seen a a huge, a huge shift in how we're operating and how we're running. Yeah. So just kind of what you were talking about right there is uh, the goal to sort of coast into um, the end of this virus. Or are you still trying to kind of meet your online sales to match your brick and mortars? Is that even feasible at this point? Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd love to say that we'd be able to recoup our in-store sales with our online sales. But in reality, they're, they're just not there. First of all, we do a huge number of repair business. So, you know, that obviously is, you know, taking a hold right now. But it's also just not necessarily a huge, I mean, it's a luxury item. It's not a, a need. It's not a necessity. It's not toilet paper. So we understand that not everybody is going to be rushing out and maybe buying a, a necklace just because, or um, maybe they're just putting off the anniversary present because they don't know what the stock market's looking like, things like that. But we do hope to at least recoup some of it you know, some sales, um, hoping for some type of business, you know, to drum up just by, you know, being out there, um, you know, sending out emails, letting people know that we are still there for them, even though our doors are physically closed. So with the shift from brick and mortar to now completely online, have you kind of reevaluated your marketing strategy or any of your, your kind of the dollars you have to spend on a month to month basis? to reflect that or how has it kind of impacted your business approach? Um, so we actually haven't, um, we haven't pulled back any of our marketing dollars, at least for the moment. And the reason why is because we still want to stay in front of people so that as soon as our doors are open, we are the ones they're thinking of because they've heard about us through this entire time, whether it is, you know, on more traditional media or if it's on social media, digitally, um, we want to make sure that we are we are still relevant and we are um, in front of you know top of mind. And it sounds and, like you guys have been really doubling down on it too. You said that you had just gone uh, live on. Uh, do you say Facebook? Facebook Live for the first time? Yeah, yeah. So we did do our first Facebook Live. That's so um, cool. Then, How'd it go? Um, it was good. It was you know it's it was a little nerve wracking you know and then like of course. 
you know, five minutes before we thought, oh, well, let's turn the phone so that we can see ourselves as we're recording it. Yeah. Um, hindsight, we learned that the picture is in reverse when you do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the first one is, you know, under our belt, we're, yeah. we're learning from it. Um, you know, and we actually, we got an email from somebody literally about 15 minutes after the Facebook live and said, um, well, we don't do, we don't have cell phones, but you know, we saw your Facebook live and you know, we'd like to do something, you know, can you, can you help us, um, maybe create something? So it's like, you know, for that five minutes we were on Facebook live, it was enough to connect to at least one customer who wants to create something. And to me, that's 100% worth it. 100%. I mean, if something comes out of it, or even if you just get in front of more eyeballs, it seems like that's the, uh, uh, that's a net win at the end. Right. That's um, the objective. Just for people listening through, um, can you kind of just give like an overall really rough tutorial on what you did and how you marketed it and what the end, end goal in your mind was for this Facebook live? Yeah. So um, really, I sent an email out on Monday, just kind of letting people know about because we're doing a, um, a virtual trunk show. It was a trunk show that was supposed to start cool. um, April 6th. Clearly, it's not in store anymore. So we're trying to do a virtual trunk show. So we have the product, you know, we're taking pictures, um, you know, that if we need to show customers, we've got it handy. Send out an email, just letting everybody to check in to Tuesdays with Tammy because we're going to do a Facebook Live. Then we did a um, Facebook post also on Monday, just kind of reiterating that fact, just letting people know that we're going to be there. And then uh, I don't exactly remember when Tammy posted it, but again, Tuesday morning today, uh, just another reminder, you know, that we're going to go live at one o'clock. And so we went out at one o'clock. I mean, I think we got like 10 people viewing it all at one time, but I mean, by three o'clock, we already had, I think about 500 views on the video. And you're just posting that just directly to your uh, your store's Facebook group? Yeah, the store's Facebook page. But then um, right after it, I personally shared it and Tammy personally shared it as well. And do you uh, boost any of the posts or is it purely the organic reach that your Facebook page has? So that was, I didn't boost any of the posts. What I was thinking was to do an ad for the event itself through um through facebook though and add um so that we do put a little bit of marketing dollars towards it and then i actually created a landing page with another video for our site that would you know direct people from the ad to the landing page so that they can reach out to us for more information yeah i guess that's the the kind of goal is to have all this outreach and then funnel them into the website and then try to get the conversion and i guess it's like a two-part combo to make sure that your uh, outreach game, you know, the Facebook lives and the inter- interfacing with them through the social media accounts um, is on par with your website presence and making sure that the photos and the, the products are looking as quality as possible so that they actually are willing to make the purchase once they get there. So that's awesome right. that you guys are doing that. Do you think you'll yeah, do thanks. more of them? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I was, I was actually telling Tammy that, uh, when I shared it, I said, Tammy told me we're going to have to do more, more of these Facebook lives. So she's already in thinking about what other content we can, we can produce. Nice. People sometimes I feel like overthink it a little bit too much. They think that, oh, they got to have this production quality and they have to have a nice camera or something like that. But 
the way it is right now is you just kind of need a cell phone, you, maybe a tripod if you want to splurge for one. If not, just stack it up against a pair of, uh, I think, of books, point it at yourself mm-hmm. and, and, and get going in front of the, the faces and see if you can do it as much as you can. That's awesome you guys are diving in. Yeah. Well, and I think that that actually is um, one of the things that makes it work so well is that you're not some big corporation, you know, putting spending $10,000 just to organize and put together a Facebook live event, you know, um, that it is, we're still just a local store, you know, we're just keeping it, keeping it real and, um, you know, trying to make it through this time just like anybody else's. Yeah. And I mean, there's two two options in the midst of this of this virus. You can either you know take it as a as a real down, and that you you basically go into an early retirement until you get out of this, and 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 see it as like a, a real L. Or you can you know do what you guys did and make the switch and be on top of the cutting edge and and do your best. Like um, last week with uh, Alex from uh, Kiefer Jewelers how they were saying that they didn't want to just be sitting around or paying their employees to be sitting around doing nothing. Might as well keep right. everybody activated, everybody motivated. And it's great that, I mean, the Facebook live thing didn't even cost you any money to actually uh, to right. put on. Facebook doesn't charge you anything. That's great. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's awesome. So other than this Facebook live, um, I see that you guys, you guys pop up on my Reddit all the time. Um, for oh. your advertisements, um, are you guys uh, spending money or on on any Google ads or any um, social marketing to get uh, more traffic to your website? Yeah, so we do um, a few things. So um, besides our Facebook, Instagram posts that we do organically, um, we had been doing quite heavily the sponsored posts. Um, but we did pull back on that a little bit. Um, you know, we're constantly looking at the, you know, Google analytics, seeing what kind of traffic's coming, how long are they staying on the site? Do they seem like they're qualified people? And we decided to actually pull back on the, on the sponsor posts a little bit, but really try to increase our organic Facebook content. Um, we started in January, uh, with targeted YouTube pre-roll ads you know, we're still testing it out, still looking at the analytics, but people are watching it and they're watching, you know, the full 30 seconds. So that's really interesting. So can you, can you um, dive into what that pre-roll is? Is that like a, a video that comes before a YouTube um, video? Yeah, exactly. So we're taking our content that we actually, same thing that we're using on our network TV broadcasts, um, but we're doing it on YouTube before there, somebody watches their video. Okay. You know, if it was our engagement ad, it might be going to um, a guy before he watches, you know, some kind of basketball video, you know, highlights or something like that. You know, it's going to show up to him or it could be directed to a girl, you know, because it's kind of a, a generic engagement ring commercial. It's um, it's really tailored to, you know, any any one of those two people that um, might fall into that uh, category. Do you set up landing pages that they specifically go to or do they go to your homepage or what's your um, sort of strategy on that? Yeah. So right now they go to the, um, they go to the homepage, but the idea and one of the things that is on my to-do list for this quarantine and working from home is to create the engagement landing page that actually you did a webinar on and making it so that there is almost like in grid where it's, you've got those, you know, pictures that will direct them, you know, right to what they're looking for, whether it's solitaires or halos or um, engagement rings or wedding bands. So that is on my to-do list of, you know, making a really cool, intuitive engagement ring landing page. 
Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, that's the kind of stuff when they allowed to shop with their eyes. If you show me something, I'm going to click what I like and I'd be more willing to actually consider shopping as opposed to having to figure out and, and feel stupid for not knowing what the difference is between channel and pave or whatever. So. Right. Right. But when you can see it, it it's like, oh yeah, I like this style better. Kim, one last question. Uh, what do your, what are your plans besides this landing page for the future? Are you guys going to um, try to continue with the online online store? Or do you uh, still have staff working for you? Yeah. So um, right now our staff is all at home. We've been fortunate. We were giving them two weeks sick leave. And with this payment protection plan, it looks like we'll be able to at least keep them, keep them on board. Um, they're fulfilling their time by taking all the edge webinars they can um, to really try and grow themselves while they're, you know, kind of stuck at home. And then as far as, you know, as far as we're concerned, we're just working on, you know, working on the business and uh, trying to become better business owners, better marketers. Um, but as far as marketing is concerned, we plan on just, you know, rolling right through it, staying relevant, staying in front of everybody, um, you know, the best way we can. And I think really just to show our customers and maybe people who haven't met us yet that we are just like them. You know, we're working from home, we're homeschooling our kids and, you know, making it the best we can through this uh, endeavor. Man, that's a great attitude to have, Kim. I'm so happy to hear that you guys are taking this as like a, as a challenge and, and, and not as just a, you know, whatever you could, yeah. you could take it as, but that's awesome. Thank you so much, Kim, for your time. Um, I really Thank you, my that. pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today on the Jewelers Survival Kit podcast. We hope that you found this episode informative and helpful in some way. I'd like to thank our guests, Steve and Kim, for taking the time to talk to us about what they're doing to weather this storm. Also, please make sure to register for the Couch Conference, a digital summit that gathers the most brilliant thinkers and doers in the jewelry industry to help advance business leaders and equip them to grow their businesses. And the best part is, you can attend right from the comfort of your own couch on April 16th and 17th. The Couch Conference includes speakers from the American Gem Society, JCK, the Jewelers Vigilance Committee, and other industry leaders, and is presented by ClientBook, The Smithy Group, and Punchmark. Registration is only $10, and all the proceeds go to Feeding America. Register today at thecouchconference.com. To learn more about this series, please visit punchmark.com podcasts. Your feedback is absolutely welcome. If you feel that you have any information, best practices, tips, or insights that might help others in the jewelry industry, please drop us a line so that we might include it in the Jeweler's Survival Kit. From all of us at Punchmark, be safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay positive.